many of you are afraid of something? Anyone? Okay. Everybody's afraid of something. Now, if you saw the video, it said there's a couple of things. Now, it's on your listening guides for you bigger kids, and you can follow along with this. When we fear God, we're saying God is most powerful. Say most powerful. Does that mean there's anybody more powerful than God? Okay, I want all y'all to stand up. I want all you big kids to stand up too. I'm going to teach you a song. Maybe you know the song. Maybe you don't. Stand up. All right, so it goes like this. My God is so big, and we're going to go big. All right, so it goes, my God is so big. All right, but I got to hear you. My God is so big. And then you're going to go, he's so strong and so mighty. All right, so we're going to try that again. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. Then go, there's nothing my God cannot do. All right, let's try that again. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Now we're going to say the mountains, and then you're going to do the mountains. So like a big old mountain. The mountains are his. And then you go valleys, and it's a big old valley. The valleys are his. And then the stars. The stars are his handiwork too. And then we repeat the beginning. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. All right, we've got to put the whole thing together. You ready? I've got to hear you. Thank you. Olivia. I can always count on Olivia to, to help me out. All right, here we go. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. The mountains, the mountains are his. The valleys are his. The stars are his handiwork too. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. There's nothing my God cannot do. One more. There's nothing my God cannot do. Hey, turn around and say, good job, big kids. You can be seated. You can be seated. Thank you. Y'all participated really well. So when we, when we say God is the most powerful, is there anything bigger and stronger than God? No. So the second thing is, God is in charge. Say, he's in charge. charge. Now, that means he's the boss of me. So say, God is. No, say, God is. is. My boss. boss. There you go. Good. Um, That means he's in charge. Now, I have a sister. She passed away, but my sister was seven years older than me. And my sister, I used to love to say to her, you are not the boss of me. How many of you have a brother or sister? Have they ever tried to boss you around? Never. Never. I don't believe that. Uh I've seen it. Okay. Have you ever said to your brother or sister, though you big kids too, you are not the boss of me? Now, my parents sometimes would say, your sister's in charge. So what did that make her? The boss of me, right? Whenever we're afraid of something, we're saying that that is the boss and not God. Because remember, our God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing our God cannot do. If you're afraid of something, you're saying that something, that fear is bigger than God. And then the third thing is, God loves you perfectly. You don't have to be afraid because God loves you perfectly. Say, God loves, God loves you, perfectly. you perfectly. Say, God loves, God loves me perfectly. So when we fear God, we don't have to fear anything else. All right, I got a a video for you. Watch what the skit guys say you should do if you're afraid of something. Pay attention. I'm going to ask you some questions when this is over. 
Tom and Eddie, the skit guys, here to help you to conquer your fear with five tips. That's right. Number five, acknowledge your fear. Write it down, get it out there. Oh, do that, Tommy, do that. That's a great idea, okay? Here's the thing, when you write down your fear, it kinda helps just squelch the fear. Tommy is gonna show you right now that we all have this in common, we all have fears. This is Tommy's number one fear. This is my number one fear. I've seen it happen to people and it's tragic. I can't imagine what it would be like to... Really? So much skin. Number four, realize that most of your fears don't even come true. Yours did. This isn't a fear. Looks like it should have been. When it comes to those fears, they don't really ever come true. Like some people have a fear of garden gnomes coming alive in the middle of the night and destroying you. What? Yes, a bunch of people fear that. I don't think so. It's a legitimate fear. Those little statues in people's yards. Those evil statues in people's yards. Oh, this is your fear. You're afraid of, no, you're afraid of garden no, I'm gnomes. I'm not. Yes, no, you I'm are. Not. I'm not. Look at me. you. No. <laughs> okay, 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 moving on. Number three, do the thing you fear. Yes, yes. Like, stay the night in a yard filled with garden gnomes. No, it really is a good idea to do what you fear. In fact, Winston Churchill said, do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. No, Winston Churchill didn't say that. Hmm? Emerson said that. What? Ralph Waldo Emerson said, do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. How do you know that? Well, I had a college class on and there was a, did you just say, how do I know that? Yep. Okay, you know what I'm curious about? I'm curious what it would look like if I shaved your head. That's not funny. I'm not laughing. Number two, be curious. Yeah, because when you're curious, you're not focusing on your fear. You're squelching your fear. You're, you're opening the door for God's wonder. Curiosity does that. Yeah, and you'll also find that curiosity did not kill the cat. It was that creepy kid across the street. There's someone to be afraid of. You don't even be afraid of him. Because the number one way to conquer your fear is to trust in God. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, for the spirit of the Lord is not of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Yep, in fact, I got you a little keepsake to help you remember that. Thanks, buddy, that's what I like about this guy. He's always thinking of other people. Ah! So there you have it, friends. Go out there. Conquer your fear. Make that bucket list of things that you want to do and know that God is on your side because there is no thing that you have to be afraid of. Oh, he got afraid of that, wasn't he? Um, <clears throat> I got a verse for you and I'm going to teach, teach you what this means. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Who has not given us a, a spirit of fear? God has not. But, a, but of power and love and a sound mind. If fear doesn't come from God, where does it come from? Satan. The devil. Satan, we're going to call him the devil. So if fear doesn't come from God, who does it come from? The devil. The devil. Right. Today I want to talk to you about how do you overcome fears. Now I have a grandson. His name is Waylon. I think we have a picture of Waylon. There he is. Everybody say, hi, Waylon. 
Now, Waylon, when he comes to my house, he loves to play. He's, he'll be three in December. And one of his favorite games, he'll be out in the game room and we'll be playing with Legos. He just loves them. He'll go get the Legos. First thing he says, I want to play Legos. And he'll get this big old bucket of Legos that we've had forever. And he'll go, ready? And then he'll pour them all out. And they're just everywhere. And he wants to play. And he wants Amy to make different things for him. But somewhere in the middle of playing with Legos, he'll, he'll get this look in his eye and he'll go, I'm going to get in your chair, pop-up. And he'll run and get in my chair. And then if I'm sitting in the game room, he'll say, pop-up, I'm in your chair. And that means come fight for the chair supremacy, right? So I'll come in there and I'll say, who's in my chair? Then he'll go, me. And then I'll go get out of my chair. And I usually grab his feet and I'll pull him up and I'll hold him upside down. First time I did it, he goes, pop-up. And then everybody liked it, and so he wanted me to show. So now all the time, show Amy. I want to show Amy. Wherever she is in the house, I have to carry him with and show Amy or Rachel or whoever. And he's upside down, and as soon as I put him down, I'll throw him down on the couch. I'll go sit in the chair. He'll come pull me out of the chair, and he'll say, I'm in you, chair. And he loves this game, and it wears me out. Last week, so like the 30th time we are playing this game right in a row, um, I don't know what happened. I don't know if my voice was too scary. Who's in my chair? Because all of a sudden, he got this look of fear on his face. And I said, I said, are you okay, Waylon? And he said, Pop-Pop, I just want to sit in your chair. And so I said, I said, it's okay, buddy. Pop-Pop loves you. It's okay. And he goes, okay. And then he pushed me out of the chair and wanted me to pull him out. You know what it took to make him stop being afraid? He needed to be in the presence of his Pop-Pop and hear his Pop-Pop's words. So what I want you to know and you big kids to know is that when you're afraid, it's this big warning signal going off that you need to be in your heavenly father's presence and you need to be in your heavenly father's words. So God's going to teach us today how we can deal with our fears. Um, I'm going to teach you something. So here's what I did with, with Waylon last week. After, after this, I thought, you know, I really want, I pray for Waylon every night that he'll be able to, that he'll meet Jesus, that he'll follow Jesus all of his life. So I thought, we're the first ones up every day, so I took him to Jocelyn's Donuts. Y'all been to Jocelyn's Donuts? It's a good place to go. So I take Waylon, put him back up there if you would. I take Waylon to Jocelyn's Donuts, and he just sees all those donuts, and his eyes get real big. And I said, what color do you want? And he said, pink. And I said, do you want sprinkles or no sprinkles? He said, sprinkles. And I said, do you want donut holes? Yes. I'm not even sure he knows what donut holes were, but he wanted them. Anything, I said, yes. And so he's standing in my lap, and he's just eating his pink donut with sprinkles on it, and he's watching the trucks come down, and, and every 18-wheeler, pop, pop, truck, truck. And he would see these trucks, and he was just having this great time. And so I'm, I'm going to do this. Every time he comes, I'm going to take him out for donuts. But then on the way home, I started teaching him a song that I want to teach you. And it's from the donut man and his daddy, Waylon's daddy, Caleb, learned this song years ago, and it goes like this. Life without Jesus is like a donut, like a donut, like a donut. Life without Jesus is like a donut, because there's a hole in the middle of your heart. Don't go in yet. Okay, so what I would say is, he's, he's two and a half years old, almost three. I would say, life without Jesus is like a donut. That's what comes next. And so he'd be playing, and I'd say, life without Jesus is like a, and we go, donut and whatever he's doing he just keep on playing and I want him to get this in his mind because there's going to be a day when he's going to understand what it means to have a hole in your heart so here's the next part uh, but when Jesus fills your heart he satisfies your soul like a pastry nugget in a donut 
whole. All right, so the donut man had a puppet. He had a friend that his name was Duncan, and here's a picture of him. Duncan was a puppet, and so he would teach you about this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this today. So I have some donut holes here. You don't get them right now. Yeah, the Lord knows what you would be like if I gave them to you right now. So afterwards, you get as many donut holes as you can eat, and then I send you home with your parents. Now, he had something called the Donut Repair Club. Say the Donut Repair Club. Okay, boys, if you can't pay attention, you're going to have to go back and sit with your parents. Oh, no, the preacher just went there. The Donut Repair Club. Okay, so here's what it says. So I got some donuts here. And he says, life without Jesus is like a donut. Now, if you put anything inside that hole other than a donut hole, he called it the Donut Repair Club. So he said, when you pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart, it's like putting the donut hole back in there, and now you have a whole donut, a whole donut again. And so he says, this is what life is like with Jesus. I'm throwing icing everywhere. This is awesome. Hang on, I had to get a... At least I have some wipes here. I knew that was coming. So what, what he's teaching is if you put anything inside that donut, in so, inside your heart that's not Jesus, you know what you're going to get? Fear. You're going to be afraid. So I want to teach you a verse. Here's the verse, Proverbs 29, 25, and it says this. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. Do you know what a snare is? It's a trap. It's a trap. Now, after church today, if you go back to guest services and you find that little sheet of paper that says Donut Repair Club and you say life without Jesus is like a donut, you get a donut hole. All right? Can you do that? Life without Jesus is what? Like a donut. There you go. All right. Now, here's the verse. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. What's a snare? It's a trap. It's a trap. Now... Wouldn't it be helpful if every time you were going to do something wrong, oh, fish face came on the screen or came up right next to you and said, it's a trap. Wouldn't that be helpful? So like you're mad at your brother or your sister and you're about to slap your brother and sister and what comes up? It's a trap. Your mom and dad ask you to tell the truth and you're about to lie. Wouldn't it be helpful if it said this? It's a trap. Oh, we're getting better. We're getting better. It's a trap. <laughs> Wouldn't that be helpful if Fishface said, it's a trap, you're going to get in trouble. Wouldn't that be helpful? It's a trap. Okay, that's enough. <clears throat> it's a trap to keep pushing that button. Thank you, thank you. It's a trap. Oh, yeah, 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 you got to be careful. It just so happens that I have some real traps here today. Now, I want to show you some of these traps. All right, some of you, I may have to have some help with some of the um, children on stage. Okay, I've got some traps. Here's one. How many of you are afraid of this trap? Right? It's really not that bad. Right? It's a mouse trap. This is a nice mouse trap. Okay? So when, when, when your mouse comes in there, it doesn't hurt. Anybody afraid of this one? Look, watch. He's, he's supposed to go in there. That doesn't hurt. I'm not even sure it's going to catch a mouse. Anybody afraid of that one? Okay, I actually have. Oh, I've got this one. I've got this one. You know what these are? These are actually glue traps, so it already worked. It caught the pastor. I love those things. Who said they love those things? William. Now, is anybody afraid of this one? No. 
One time I was trying to catch, no, I'll let you feel it after church. One time I was trying to catch a mouse. So I was in my first house that I, that I rented and I'm sitting there watching TV and this little mouse runs down the wall. And I thought, I got to catch that mouse. And so I put out one of, actually, I put out one of these first. Now this one, this, yes, it would. I'm, I'm trying to be very careful and I'm not even going to get it close to you because this one kind of hurts, right? So I put one of these out and I put some cheese on there. Every time I came back out, the, the trap was not snapped and all the cheese was gone. The little guy was coming in and eating my cheese and running away. So I got an idea and I put one of these out right next to this one. And the next day I caught him. He got caught in here. His back feet were in this one and he was hopping around trying to get out of this one after he'd eaten the cheese and he got snapped out in that one. That was pretty smart, huh? Yes, accidentally. I got caught again. Now, I have a bigger trap here, and I got caught again. Oh, shoot is right. This is a rat trap. All right, Miss Janie, come here real quick. I'm going to let Miss Janie do this. Come here, Miss Janie, my beautiful assistant. Let's see if this, uh, here's a number two pencil. What do you think is going to happen to this number two pencil? Yeah, stick it in there. It broke. It's okay. It's okay. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. It's shorter. She doesn't want to do it. What do you think is going to happen to the pencil? She let go of it. Let's try it again. Wait, wait. She's afraid, so let's get her the, the long one. All right, here we go. Ready? Now, how many of you want to stick your finger in there? Good, you're smart. All right, very good. It would break it in half. That's exactly right. So I'm going to be careful with that. We're going to put this back over here. So you don't want to mess with those traps, right? Can I tell you something? Actually, well, <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I actually brought one of these, and I'm not even going to jack with it, because when I saw it, this is a predator trap. And I, I'm actually afraid that it... Janie's brother, long before it was... We, you know, we were as socially conscious as we are now. Long before he used to trap predators with these things. And it is so, it's actually called a predator trap. A bear trap's much bigger. This one was so powerful that it used to snap the predator's leg completely off and it would limp off into the woods. So he quit doing that. He, now he has live traps, you know, things like that. But thank you for bringing that up. No, I'm afraid of it. <coughs> now... I want you to say this. I want you to say, fear is a trap. Fear. Say, fear is a trap. Fear. Come on, big kids, help them out. Fear is a trap. Thank you. Now, there's a guy in the Old Testament, and he, uh, he didn't obey the king's rules, and he got thrown into a lion's den. Do you know who he was? Anybody know his name? Satan, Satan. Satan was, no. Someday he'll be thrown into it. What did you say? Daniel. Everybody say Daniel. Daniel. Okay, so here's what you're going to say. Daniel feared God more than people. And we're going to say then, or than lions. All right, here's the verse. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made, uh, made plans to place him over the entire empire. Okay, so Daniel was the best worker. Say the best worker. So he was going to be put in the highest job. Say the highest job. 
Now, some guys got jealous of him. They got so jealous of him, they came up with a plan. Okay, I need three guys. All right, you're right there. Come right here. Come right here. Just, just sit down right here. Come on up. All right, come right here. Okay, these guys are jealous of Daniel. Oh, of Daniel. You're going to say, I don't like Daniel. I don't like Daniel. He thinks he's so smart. He thinks he's so smart. He thinks he's better than the rest of us. He thinks he's the better than the rest of us. That's all right. That's good. You did good. So these guys say, we've got to get rid of Daniel. But this guy says, Daniel is such a good worker. Daniel is such a good worker. The king really likes him. The king really likes him. How are, how are we going to get him in trouble? How are we going to get him in trouble? And so they think, how are we going to get Daniel in trouble? So this guy says, I know what we'll do. I know what we'll do. We'll make up a rule that has to do with his God. We'll, we'll make a rule that, that has to do with God. Because that's the only way we're going to get him in trouble. That's the only, that's the only way we're going to get him in trouble. <laughs> Good job. Okay. So they say, we're going to come up with a rule. All right. Um, where's William? Come on up here. William, where is he? Come on, bud. I told William he could come help me because he sat on the front row. William is going to be King Nebuchadnezzar. Say, hi, King Nebi. We're going to call him Nebuchadnezzar, but we're going to call him Nebi for short. Okay, wait, wait, wait. You guys, now you're going to say, hey, we got to tell the king he's really awesome. We have to tell the king that he's really awesome. And if he believes us, and if he believes us, we can get him to make a law that will get Daniel in trouble. We can get him to make a law that gets Daniel in trouble. So we're going to say, hey, king, you're really awesome. Hey, king, you're really awesome. You're going to say, hey, king, you're really awesome. Hey, king, you're really awesome. And you're going to say, hey, king, you're really awesome. Hey, king, you're really awesome. And then you're going to get him to make the law, okay? All right, here we go. Come on. Surround him. Nope, come over. You can stand over here. Come stand over here. No, I'll tell you what. He said, do I actually have to make a decision? Um, no. Okay, you're going to say, king. King, you're really awesome. King, you're really awesome. King, you're really awesome. You say, thank you. Thank you. Now, you're going to say, because you're really awesome. Because you're really awesome. We think you need to make a law. We think you, mean, we need, you need to make a law. This law says. This law says. No one can pray to anyone. No one can pray to anyone. But our awesome king. But our awesome king. For the next 30 days. For the next 30 days. And you go. That's a great idea. All right. So now you're going to make a law. All right. You're going to write it into, into law. Just pretend you're writing. Yay. <laughs> okay. Now we have a law. You say, William, say. People can only pray to me. People can only pray to me. For the next month. For the next month. If you pray to anyone else. If you pray to anyone else. You'll be thrown into the lion's den. You'll be thrown into the lion's den. Okay, you guys sit down real quick. All right. Now, I happen to have a Daniel here. It's actually Woody, but work with me because this is all I had. Don't, say, don't throw Woody. It's okay to throw Daniel, but not Woody. That's what he's saying. Okay. Now, I want to read something to you. Listen to what happens whenever Daniel hears about the new law. Here's what Daniel said. Listen. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual. So he's going to kneel down. 
And he prayed with his windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Okay. So he went home and he prayed anyway, even though there's a law that said, we're going to throw you to the lion's den. The bad guys, everybody say, ooh, bad guys. You are the bad guy, but that's okay. You can say that. They caught him. Look. Mac, look up here and say, see, I knew he'd pray. Let's go tell the king. All right, come back to the king. Say, Daniel prayed to someone other than you. Daniel prayed to someone other than you. And you made a law. And you made the law. That anyone who prays to someone else. That anyone that prays to someone else. Has to be thrown into the lion's den. Has to be thrown to the lion's den. Everybody go, ooh. Now, the king really liked Daniel, and he didn't want to throw him in the lion's den. But these guys put the fear of God into him. They said, you made a law. You've got to follow the law. So I happen to have some lions here. They're not really lions. I've got a leopard. Uh, it's a jaguar. I think it's a dog. And, and this, is actually, this is actually a hedgehog, but it's the lion's den. No, you cannot hold it. So the king throws him into the lion's den. And he says to him, before he throws him in, he says, Daniel, may your God be able to save you. The God that you serve day and night, may he be able to save you. What do you think happened? Yes, Yes, he saved him. Let's read it. Here's what happens. That's all right. Thank you. Here's what happens. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called out to Daniel and says, Daniel, say Daniel. Servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, whom you serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, not, nor have I ever done anything wrong. Now, what do you think the king did to these bad guys whenever he found out that Daniel had been saved? He threw them into the lion's den. Oh, okay, go back over here, guys. Hop back over here. Thank you. Give him a hand. Give him a hand for, thank you, for helping me. The Bible says that he throws the bad guys into the lion's den and the lions crushed them before they ever got to the bottom because they had disobeyed or because they tried to destroy God's, God's man. Now, Psalm 118 says this. See, here's the deal. The bad guys said this. They said, let's make a trap and let's catch Daniel. We want to kill Daniel because he has a better job than we do. Let's try to catch him. Now, I got a question for you. Did the trap catch Daniel? No. Why? Why, why, did, why did the trap not catch Daniel? Because he trusted in God. When is it not a trap? It's when you trust God. Now, here, listen to this. Daniel knew this verse. Psalm 118.6 says this. Daniel knew this. I will not be afraid because the Lord is with me. Say, the Lord is with me. People can't do anything to me. Now, people can try to throw you into the lion's den, right? That's something people can try to do with you. But if, you, if, you, if God is with you, do you have to be afraid? No, you do not. God is bigger than a den full of lions. Now, 
when the idea comes from God, it's not a trap. Okay, I've got some, uh, some things up here. And I need, let's see, I need somebody. Come on, bud. Okay. Now, you can help, but you got to help from there. Now, um, we're going to try to tempt him to do something wrong. And you all say, do it, do it. Try that. Okay. So, hey, bud, I've got a, I've got a magazine here that you shouldn't be looking at. Y'all say, look at it. Do you want to look at it? I chose him on purpose. He helped me out the last time. But, but it's, it's a good magazine. Say, do it. Do it. Come on, do it. do it. It's a golf magazine. Y'all had your minds in the gutter. <laughs> Come on, it's just a golf magazine. You should read this and not the Bible. Come on, you can do it. Ooh. Okay. How about this? This is not mine, and I'm not going to tell you whose it is. <laughs> I have some alcohol, some wine here. Do you want to drink this? Say, do it. Do it. No. Say, do it. Do it. I got a fishing pole here. Is there anything wrong with going fishing? No. Unless your friend says, let's go fishing during church. Nobody's ever done that, have they? So you want to go fishing instead of going to church? Everybody say, do it! Do it! No. All right, all right. Thank you, bud. You can go sit down. Thank you. Give him a hand for that. Now, here's, here's what I want you to know, and then we're going to be finished up today. Here's a verse from Proverbs 18, 24, and it says this. One who has unreliable friends, say unreliable friends. Soon comes ruin. An unreliable friend is someone who tries to get you to do something that God doesn't want you to do. Now, here's what the rest of it says. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Rachel, come on up here. Rachel's going to come help me with this one. What's that? I know. And you're, you're, you're awesome. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give Rachel an instruction, and all of you are going to try to get Rachel to do something different, all right? So you just tell her to go a different direction. You tell her to do whatever, but I'm going to give her an instruction. Then you tell her what you want her to do, all right? And you all have to sit, be as loud as possible. So just make noise. Ready? Let's try it. Just make noise. <laughs> Big kids, you got to help them. So y'all can say, Hey, don't marry Matt. She's marrying Matt in just a couple of weeks. But if y'all want to say that, we're just playing. We're just playing. We like Matt. We like Matt. All right? It's okay. But you're, the point is you're going to try to get Rachel to do something that her father doesn't want her to do. All right? Try it. Wait, wait. Come on. Come on. You got to yell it. Y'all, I said that. Y'all, y'all go, don't marry Matt. All right, you got to yell it. You've got to try to confuse her. All right, she's, she's got her blindfold on. She doesn't know which way to go. Ready? Try it. Come on, keep going, keep going. Yell it, yell it. All right, all right, all right. Good, good. Okay, now I'm going to give her an instruction. We're going we're to see if she listens to you or to me. Are y'all ready? Yes. You got to try to get her not to do what I told her to do. You can offer her money. You can offer her donuts. 
You can offer her a new car. All right? <laughs> she might be tempted not to do what I just told her to do if you give her a new car. All right, you ready? Y'all start yelling. Go, go, go. Come on, come on. Go ahead. All right, all right. Now, now let's make it more interesting. Hold on, hold on. Let's put some traps out here. You think we should do that? That one's bent. I'm not even going to try that one. That one's a bad deal. Two? How about four more? I'm not putting the big one out there. Okay, now you want her, if you can get her to step on one of the traps, I'll give you $100. How are you going to get her to do the trap? How are you going to get her to stand on? Hang on. You got to stay where you are. You can't push her. All right? Now, I'm going to tell her to do something, and you're going to try to make her step on. If you can get her to step on one of those traps, I'll give you $100. I'll give All right, now, did she listen to you or did she listen to her father? Okay, now I'm going to call up a reliable friend. Come on, Donna, where's Donna? Oh, she's way at the back, come on. All right, this is her friend. She actually said, who's going to be my reliable friend? And I had to get approval for the reliable friend. All right, come here, Donna. Now, you're still going to try to get her to step on a trap. But Donna is the one that's going to go tell her. So Donna's going to talk to me, and then she's going to go talk to Rachel. But if you can get Rachel to step on one of those traps, you get $100. Whatever you do, don't let her step on a trap. <laughs> go, try to, try to get her to step on a trap. That's good. Give her a hand. Give her a hand. Now, was Donna a reliable friend or an unreliable friend? Do you know what made Donna a reliable friend? This is a key. Trust, yes. But Donna talked to Rachel's father and got the instructions for how to get Rachel through the traps. All right, here's the, here's the verse I want you to understand. Your statements are my delight. They are my counselors. A, a reliable friend, yeah, y'all are watching me. A reliable friend is someone who God counsels through his word. No, you're about to step on mine. 
I'm in attention there, but, but thank you. Thank you. for You're a reliable friend. A reliable friend is someone who goes to God's word, listens to God's word, and helps you understand what God wants you to do whenever you don't know what to do. All right, let me ask you this. Is it a bad thing if Donna, as a reliable friend, says to Rachel, Hey, Rachel, would you like to go to church with me? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is that something a reliable friend would do or an unreliable friend? Reliable friend. What if Donna says, hey, Rachel, I give some money to church or to mission trips. I think maybe it would help, be helpful for you to give money to church or to mission trips. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is that something a reliable friend would do or an unreliable friend? What if Donna says to Rachel, hey, I think you should teach a children's class at church. Just give it a try. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? What if Donna says to Rachel, hey, it's actually Katie, but I call her Donna. That's her first name. What if Katie says, hey, Rachel, I see that you have the gift of singing and leading in worship. I think maybe you should sing in the band. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is that something a reliable friend would do or an unreliable friend? What if Katie says to Rachel, I think you should go on a mission trip with us to Belize next year. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. Is that something a reliable friend would do or an unreliable friend? Okay, so here's the deal. Rachel refused to step through. She, she trusted her father. She listened for her father's voice, and she did only what I told her to do. I told her ahead of time. I said, take two steps and do not move till you hear me say something else. What did Rachel do? She was over here blindfolded. She took two steps, and she didn't move again until she heard from her father. And then I told Katie... I said, Katie, whatever you do, don't let her step on one of these traps because I don't want to give out 100 bucks. <laughs> so Katie was reliable to me too as well as to Rachel. Here's the point. A reliable friend is counseled by the word of God. A reliable friend will always encourage you to do what God says. So how, yes, thank you, Olivia. How many of you have reliable friends? Should you hang out with the reliable friends or the unreliable ones? Reliable. reliable friends. Let's pray together and we'll be dismissed. God, I thank you for these children. I thank you for a time of worship today where we can come into your presence and we can learn about you. God, how I pray that these kids will learn that when they're afraid, they need to come to you. They need to spend some time in your presence, spend some time in your word, and how I pray that they will learn to follow and hang out with reliable friends. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.